excited for tonight's show because there's a million different things that we can talk about. You ever been to an old country buffet? There's one in Eau Claire. I don't know if it's still there. It's been a million years since I've been there. Uh, but we go to the OCB every once in a while. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to eat. Probably a little bit of everything. Steak, chicken. There's Chinese food for some reason. There's a giant bowl of pudding. I don't even like pudding that much, but I'm going to have some. Right, you go to the Old Country Buffet, you have a little bit of everything. Today's show could be like an Old Country Buffet. We could talk about the Women's National Championship game yesterday. Because I feel like everybody watched it. It was a really entertaining, fun basketball game with two fun teams. Talk about that. We could talk about the Final Four. We could talk about Badger football. Right, We're in the throes of, of spring ball right now. There's a ton going on. We could talk Aaron Rodgers. We could talk Brewers. They had their home opener today, of course. And that's probably what we're going to spend most of our time on. The Bucks had a massive win last night over the rival 76ers. That's massive. That's huge. And then WrestleMania was on last night, too. We could talk about WrestleMania. There are a million different things that we can discuss tonight. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. We're going to do that before 6 o'clock. Mick just tweeted in. Says, is Wisco Grant speaking into a microphone? Tune in has just dead air. Yep, I am speaking into a microphone. I am as we speak. Thank you for the tweet. You can follow me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show 608-796-2558. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope your week is off to an awesome start. And you enjoyed the Brewers home opening today. Not too bad, right? 10 to nothing. Everyone getting in on the action. Oh, good. John, who has an Eau Claire North Huskies Twitter picture, uh, tweets in, and I'm assuming that he's good to speak on this topic if he's an Eau Claire North Husky. OCB is no longer Old Country Buffet, not around anymore. Pour one out. The damn shame. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to bring up a sensitive topic like that and use it for content. All all due respect to the Old Country Buffet that was once in, in Eau Claire. Thanks for the tweet. We're going to talk Bucks tonight because that was a massive win over the 76ers. And it was fun. And there's a million different things we can talk about just in that game alone. So we're going to get to that probably closer to 5 o'clock. I do actually have some thoughts on WrestleMania, so we'll discuss that. But I do want to start with the Brewers because it seems like so much has happened since we spoke last Friday. Right? So they played a game on Thursday, and that was it. They didn't play on Friday because they normally have that that extra day and then the first weekend in case of a rainout or in case of crummy weather. So since we've last talked, the Brewers played two more against the Cubs. Then they played today against the Mets. It seems like so much has happened. The last time that we talked, the Brewers had yet to score a run. They went 16 innings to start the season without scoring a run. So, so much has gone down. So much has transpired. We got news of the Luis Urias injury. It's going to be a long-term one. So now Joey Weimer is up here. So much has happened with the Brewers since we last talked. So that's where I want to start tonight's show. And of course, it's the home opener. So we got to talk about it. I watched the Brewers on Saturday, mostly on Twitter and on my ESPN app because I was up in the cities, went to a concert on Saturday night. I was seeing some friends and family. Fun little trip up to the cities, although kind of dumb because they got like a foot of snow. And in lacrosse, it was like 60 and sunny. We, just, we haven't had snow in lacrosse in forever. So I'm going up where there's a foot of snow for some reason. I went to a concert, saw friends, saw family because I, you know, Grew up pretty close to the city, so I have a lot of friends and family that live there. So I went to a concert, so I didn't really see the Brewers game, but I followed along. And then I listened to the Brewer game yesterday on my drive back from the Twin Cities. And the Brewers went on to win both Saturday and Sunday. They took the opening series against the Cubs. They scored 12 runs. And then they scored 10 runs today and hung it on the Mets. And Freddie Peralta looked great in the offense. And 
Joey Weimer threw out a guy from right field, and Bryce Rang was great, and the young guys are making contributions. This is awesome. So we're happy, right? And we should be happy. But there was a moment on Saturday where I let my mind start to roam a little bit. And I have some deep recesses in my brain where sometimes I go to to think about the Brewers and and what could be or what should be or or where this team is headed and where the fans will go. Because Brewers fandom, I think, has become my favorite fandom in the state. Bucks fans on Twitter start to annoy me a little bit. Packers fans, just there's so many. So it's hard to really identify with, you know, one collective mindset or, or one attitude. We're all on kind of a different page as Packers fans. But Brewers fans, what an entertaining bunch. Defeatist all the way. Right, We've kind of given up hope and given up life, and now that we've given up hope on everything, we're actually kind of having fun. I feel like Brewers fans are having fun letting loose a little bit and just accepting that our team is poor and we should have low expectations, right? So I was thinking on Saturday as the Brewers started 16 innings into their season without scoring a run, and it's looking like they might lose the first two to the Cubs, who are a rival. They're not really a rival that I care about right now, but it is a rival. And I started thinking, man, if the Brewers fall to 0-2, and they don't score any runs, fans are going to lose it. And then the Brewers will tweet out about X-Golf, and the fans will lose it more. A baseball season is very long. Six months, 162 games, and I think Brewers fans are very reasonable. I don't think the Brewers fandom would have freaked out for starting 0-2. We would have lost it, I think. Because the team looked exactly the same this year as last year, right? If the Brewers would have started 0-2 and they they would have continued to get shut out into that second game, I think Brewers fans would have gone nuts because the team looks the same as last year. This season is unique, right? If we were to put the the all oh, the entire history of of the Brewers team on a on a line graph, and you got to see the line go up and down based on how many wins there are and and where fan excitement and and enthusiasm is, and you could view it, right, as almost a history, like a number line left to right through history, and you could see the ups and the downs. We're in a very interesting point right now because I think Brewers fans can see this window closing. It's not closed yet, but it's closing. doesn't mean there won't be another window very shortly, but the window to contend with this iteration of the team is closing. We see the, the end of the road with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and this pitching-led team that we've watched the last two or three years because those guys are going to get expensive. They're probably going to leave. And we can see that window closing. Like in Indiana Jones, when some big stone door is slowly inching down and he's got to dive under, and then he barely gets under there in time, but he leaves his hat, so he's got to reach back and grab the hat, and the door closes. We're, We're at that point in this Brewer's window. It's closing. There's still daylight. There's still room to win, but we're getting down to it. Corbin Burns has this year and one more. He's got another year of arbitration, which I don't think is a huge deal because you're still getting a bargain on on his contract compared to what it would you know pay out in, in in if you hit a free market, if you hit free agency. So even the last year of arbitration to me is still a bargain. But the Brewers showed us last year they didn't really mess around with the final year of arbitration. They didn't even want to pay Josh Hader for one more year, so much so they they shift him off in the middle of the season. Right, so we can see this window closing. And if the Brewers come up short this year, okay, that's fine. We come up short every year. We've never won a World Series. I don't think fans are going to lose their minds and and jump off of a bridge. But what fans really don't want is a repeat of last year. 
We don't want to be in the same spot this year where kind of middle of the road, contending, trade away a great player, get some players back. We're just kind of treading water to get another bite at the apple. Fans do not want a repeat of last year right? as this window closes. Fans either want the team to go for it, right? dive under the door, make a play, go acquire someone, add salary, try to win with Burns and Woodruff. Or I think fans would want the team to pull back rebuild, right? Turn and go another way. Let the door close. Go find another window and try to win in another window, right? A window that might be led by Freelick and Weimer and Bryce Terang and Garrett Mitchell and maybe one day Jackson Churio, right? And Aaron Ashby and Freddie Peralta. Not your top line starters, but still good starters that you've got at at team-friendly deals. What fans don't want is for the team to waffle back and forth and try to do both. Right, well, we're going to trade away a great player, but we're going to get somebody who can help us at the major league level back, and we're going to... No, 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 no. Because then you get you end up getting crushed by the door. Like Indiana Jones, right, as the big door's closing, dive under it, right? The Brewers either dive, go for it, or turn around and find another door. Because if you waffle back and forth and you trade a hater for Taylor Rogers, then you just get crushed by the door, and, and you're kind of screwed. You're SOL. That's what happened to him last year. And on Saturday, I'm like, man, Brewers fan is about to lose it. Luckily, the offense got hot. And a game like today was really fun to watch because it's the home opener and you're supposed to win the home opener, right? It's supposed to be the day of the Brewers, just like last Thursday was the Cubs day. That's fine. That's how sports work. You win uh, on your home opener. You win a basketball game that you host on Christmas. That's the way it's supposed to work. If it's ring night and you're raising a banner, you're supposed to win. There's just nights where you're supposed to win. The Brewers were supposed to win today. But it was extra fun because Terang hit a home run. It was a grand slam. And Weimer threw someone out from right field, right? We're seeing contributions from Brian Anderson. And Brian Anderson got to call the home run. How hilarious is that? It was a very enjoyable game. And I think, you know, it's it's fun for me to think about where the fans were midway through that game on Saturday when we're about ready to lose our mind compared to now. When the Brewers have now put up nine runs and ten runs and played some really good games. And got contributions from new players, players that we want to see succeed. 608-796-2558. 608-796-2558. Thank you for all the tweets that Old Country Buffet is uh, no more in Eau Claire. Thank you for our Sports Talk 105.1 audience. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more Brewers. Winning the home opener 10 to nothing over the Mets. Really fun game. We'll talk more about it next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tommy Hunter deals again to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone! He just hit one out of here with the bases loaded. Bryce Terang, wow, with family sitting in on this one, just hit one out of here. Sports show, Brewers win the home opener today. And not only was it a win with all the fanfare and the home opener things, Bob Keslowski singing God Bless America. I mean, this had everything. Everyone in a suit, Tim Dillard, Craig Kashan, Rock, Schroeder, or not Rock and Schroeder, BA is what I meant. Not only was it fun because it was the home opener and a win, but got contributions from some of these newer, younger players that we're excited about. 
We like seeing Joey Weimer throw somebody out from right field. Oh, like that. Big big arm in the outfield. Why can't I speak? We like seeing Bryce Trang get on base and steal bases and hit a grand slam. I'll take a grand slam from anybody. Brian Anderson hitting a home run while Brian Anderson is on the call. That's going to get old quick. I'll just... Everyone is making their jokes about it today. Get it out of your system because after today, I... I think that joke has played itself out very quickly. 608-796-2558. Going to get to some texts. I'm being told by many people that Old Country Buffet has been closed in Eau Claire uh, for a while, for years. Shows how out of touch I am. I'm a coastal elite, a West Coast elite who's uh, not familiar with the the going on, the goings on, the going ons in Eau Claire. I'm sorry to our Sports Talk 105.1 listeners. Tony is in Texas, 608-796-2558. What's up, Tony? Tony? Oh, Tony, I can't hear you. Call call me back, Tony. Literally, call me back right now. I'm going to just restart the phone and call me back. That normally does it. This is a professional sports show, I swear. Tony was hosting a Twitter space uh, a couple of hours ago before the game started. He is at the Final Four in Houston. So, Tony in Texas at the Final Four. Tony, I think I got you now. There you go. Okay, Grant, can you hear me, buddy? All loud and clear. How's it going? All right. The old country buffet shut down. Unbelievable. I know. This country is really losing all of the things that makes this country great. Don't you think? Yeah. I remember when when Wendy's had a buffet. But anyway, I digress. Yes, I am at the Final Four, Grant. I'm looking at the stadium right now, this NRG stadium, as they call it, the Houston, Texas stadium. And a lot of San Diego State fans here right now, I can see. So it should be a fun night. But let's get to our Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, it's great to see those young guys contributing. Do you know, hey, here's something that's interesting. Do you know what the Mets' salary payroll is this year? Take a guess. uh, Take a guess. Don't look it up. Take a guess. Have some fun. uh, Do you know how much the Brewers are spending this year? About 120-something million. There's no way they're spending that much. I'll say, I will say 300 million. You're close. 364 million is what I saw. So basically, to beat a team 10 to 0 on opening day in Milwaukee with a team spending uh, roughly 240 million more than them, that 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 makes me happy. That makes me smile. So does does that also yes. make Mark Atanasio smile though? That's what concerns me. Well, now what do you think? Now we got to think. Tony is Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang, all these rookies who are succeeding. Is that actually bad? Because it rewards the Brewers for their bad behavior of being cheap and not signing free agents. Is this actually a bad thing in the long haul? Let's discuss that. Embrace debate. I, You know what? I actually think it doesn't. I think it doesn't reward it. I think long-term you want these guys to be successful. If they're young, they're old, whatever, just win a damn championship. If they're contending, I do think Mark A. will make a trade or help make a trade and, and put that final piece together if needed. But, you know, it's excited, exciting to beat the, the Mets and, and the Cubs. Two of the uh, biggest markets in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Two out of three biggest markets. Yeah. To beat them with uh, little old Milwaukee, I-, I get satisfaction from that, Grant. I get a little happy. I do, too. Screw the Mets. Our, our friend of show, Perry Goldstein, I was going to DM her today and talk smack, but I, it's in bad taste. It's our home opener. We're supposed to win this game. I'll, you know, I'll wait to brag if, you know, we win two of three or maybe we get hey, a low-key, Grant, yes. low-key, low-key, I hate the NL East. Okay. I hate everything about that damn division. I hate the Phillies. I hate the Braves. I hate the Mets. I hate them all. That's Ben Kenny's division. He he detests, like, the Braves and the Mets. There's some strong rivalries. There's a couple good teams in that division. That's the division that's always on Sunday Night Baseball. 
It's always the Braves or the Phillies. The Mets are really good, so I, I understand all the teams are good, but I feel like those teams are always on Sunday night baseball. Well, look at who knocks us out throughout the years. It's the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, and then, you know, the Dodgers here and there. But uh, overall, hey, my mom was at the game. I love that the Brewers won 10-0. You can't ask for anything better. Let me ask you this, Grant. I don't know if you ever went to Milwaukee for opening day as a kid. You ever do that? Uh, no. We would always go in the middle of the summer. It's quite the production to, to go to a Brewers game from four hours away with a couple of kids. It, you know, taking the family across the state, Tony, that's not something you do on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, I figured it wasn't. But, you know, growing up in Milwaukee, West Dallas, be specific, my mom was the best. We'd just miss school and go and get a little permission slip for, to the principal and uh, go to opening day. How awesome was that as a kid? I really wish I could have been there today. I would rather do the show and talk about it. But it's just cool how they pull out all the stops. You know, you got the God Bless America. They did the flyover, even though the roof was closed. But then just on the broadcast, Tony, I don't know if they talked to Rick Schlesinger, but Matt Arnold was in the booth. Mark Atanasio joined from his seat, which I always think is really funny. Like, they bring him the headset. And I don't know why I think it's funny. I just think that it is. Right? You get all the in-game interviews and pulling out all the stops. It was a celebration of the Brewers. The home team is supposed to win their home opener. Today was just perfect. And it was like 30 years without postseason baseball from 82 to whatever, 2008 or whatever it was. And that opening day to me, Grant, was like a playoff game. It was like a World Series. So... I love opening day. I love the uh, the home opener in Milwaukee. It's great. Great to beat the Mets, Grant. And uh, I look forward to a great night of basketball tonight. Hopefully it's a good game. You're going to the game? Who, who's your pick? Give us a breakdown. What's the I, vibe I, like I, on I, the I, scene? I, I, I'm going chalk. I'm going uh, Huskies by about 15. You think it's going to be that much? Yeah, I think I think they roll over them. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Tony. Uh, give us an update. Tweet us some some pictures or something. I, I want to really feel like I'm a part of things through your uh, your coverage tonight at the Final Four. Will do, Grant. Appreciate <laughs> you. Have a great night. See you, bud. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Um, maybe talk to you on Twitter later tonight. He's at the Final Four. I keep forgetting that's in Houston. It just doesn't look fun. Not to be a hater, but the Final Four has to be lower down on the ladder of live sporting events to attend because they're in football stadiums. It sucks. You sit so far away. Like, I don't want to pay however much it is. Although the women's Final Four was a lot more expensive. That's also a smaller venue, but I like the smaller venue. Can you imagine going to a Final Four? I think the Badgers, was that in AT&T Stadium? I can't remember when they went to the Final Four. Obviously, they did it twice, but then the National Championship came. You're sitting miles away. How can you even see? I don't know. But I'm glad that Tony gets to go, and he can tell us all about it. Let's talk to Cone Roller, speaking of the Badgers, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant, what a game today. Oh. Bright terrain, grand slam. I mean, I I hate to be a hot take artist, but I got two hot takes after this game. Okay. First one is, who's to say Keston Hira couldn't have done that if he was in that position? <laughs> That's my first one. And my second one is with... Yelich struggling. I mean, four strikeouts today. That's brutal. Do we look at bringing Sal Freelick up to maybe platoon Yelich in the outfield? Because if I'm Sal Freelick, I am hating my life right now. Yeah. You are part of this class, and you're watching all your buddies go up to the big leagues, start collecting hits right away, mm-hmm. and you're the one that's labeled the hit collector. Yeah. And you're just rotting away in AAA. Yeah, that would... That sucks for him. He's the one guy who didn't get to come to the party. Right? He, he checks social media, sees all his friends out there having a great time, and he's stuck in Nashville 
with Keston Hira and with a bunch of other slaps. Tyler Naquin, they're just just laying low in AAA. I did think about him today. I feel bad, but I guess that's the, the price to pay for having a bunch of talented guys who are kind of on the same timeline. Yeah, and I think your point of, like, are the Brewers being rewarded for bad behavior? I'm going to have to do a little pushback on that because I don't think it's bad behavior for a small market team to rely on their farm system. I mean, we've seen that is the key blueprint in how these small market teams win. So I think it's the best behavior that the Brewers could be doing is collecting minor league talent and waiting for the, the batches of them to come up. So, first of all, I appreciate that you push back on that because that was a joke. I don't want anyone to think that that was serious. Okay. okay. Um, although, you know, I like I, I think the way you put it the best, that is the best behavior. You need to be able to rely on your homegrown guys. And I just, man, it's just so fun that they're having nice moments right away. Like, I saw a tweet oh. today. What was it? Bryce Terang had reached safely in his in seven of his first 11 big league plate appearances, four hits, three walks. I don't know how that aged. He might've had another hit since that was from McAlvey at 222. but that's like, I'm just so happy that these guys are giving us moments and giving us entertainment right away and having early success. Yeah. I think that is like the best way to start off a, a season gets the fans excited. You know, maybe attendance was scheduled to be down this year with just the vibes around this team. But, yeah. you know, the young the talent starts producing. I think you're going to see a lot of people come to Miller Park or American Family Field to uh, come see them. I agree. And tomorrow, Wade Miley's on the bump against Max Scherzer. Talk about a star-studded matchup, Cone. I might drive to That's, Milwaukee for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and you think, you, do you think Lisa, who is a nurse in lacrosse, is going to be taking her family of six kids and two cats to American Family Field, drive across the state to see the Brewers. I think Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, Weimer, I think they all do it. I think they make her drive and go see him. I might go see him tomorrow. Maybe I can ride with Lisa. I like that example. Thank you, Cone. I got to take a break. Yep. Have a good one, Grant. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Cone Roller, ladies and gentlemen. Two good calls, Tony and Cone. Appreciate you both. I'll get to these texts because I got a bunch of them. A lot of excitement about the Brewers. And a lot of commentary on Old Country Buffet. So I'll get to all those texts. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. We're back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bill. Sorry I was a couple seconds late there. I uh, I went to set my water bottle down, and I dropped it, and I turned my monitor off. Uh, this is a professional sports show. I swear. Uh, we do this every day. Professional, as you'll find. Just sometimes I accidentally turn my computer off. So many texts, uh, and I've been neglecting them up until now. So let's read some of these. 608 Seven nine six two five five eight. I started the show saying that this is going to be a little bit like old country buffet tonight because we have so many different things. Final four, both men's and women's. A lot of eyeballs on both. So many eyeballs on the women's national championship yesterday with Iowa and LSU. Very entertaining. Crazy shots. Really fun to watch. And then the Brewers won their home opener. Bucks won a huge game against the Sixers last night. And then WrestleMania happened, which at some point I want to talk about my WrestleMania experience. And I compared the show to an old country buffet. 
uh, including the one in Eau Claire I went to in, growing up. Aaron in Eau Claire says OCB is gone. Mike from Chippewa Falls says Old Country Buffet has been closed for years, sadly. This country used to be so much better. Whatever happened? I remember going to the Pizza Hut somewhere near Craig Road. That's off Claremont or not off Claremont. Yeah, that's off Claremont. I have, I have my roads, right? Don't I? By the Marshfield Clinic and by Sacred Heart. That that Pizza Hut used to have the greatest lunch buffet. Remember when they had lunch buffets at Pizza Hut? You get the red cups and then the pizza and the dessert pizza and then the salad bar. Oh, I mean, it was terrible, but it was so good. It's another thing this country lost is Pizza Hut lunch buffet. We could have a long conversation about all the great things that we've lost in the United States just in the last couple of years. It's terrible. Pete and Chippewa says, did you predict a Mets win over the Brewers? Score made me think of your Bucks Celtics prediction. Predicting baseball is so dumb. Like, I don't know. Day to day, so much weird stuff can happen in baseball. I would never pick against a team playing in their home opener. Let me put it that way. That's a game that you're supposed to win. The sports gods are on your side. Right? And we talked about this last week. Anytime that a, a team is getting their championship rings and raising a banner, they're supposed to win that night. And the Bucs did against the Nets. I remember when the Packers had their first game back after winning the Super Bowl. They beat the Saints that night. Remember Randall Cobb ran that, that touchdown uh, or ran that kickoff back for a touchdown. Those are games you're supposed to win. You're supposed to win on Christmas when you host a game, which is why... People get mad about the Bucks' record against the Celtics this year. Celtics are really good. They could beat the Bucs in the playoffs, totally. I'm not discounting that, but saying, well, they're 2-3 and three against the Celtics. Well, one of the games was on Christmas in Boston with no Middleton. That's not a game the Bucs are supposed to win. The Brewers are supposed to win today. It's their home opener. Mike in Colorado says, Grant finally appears that Craig Council has a revitalizing and valuable assortment of good players on the Brewers roster this year. Wow. Veterans and rookies. After last year and its flashback in the season opener, my brewer's excitement meter is quickly climbing. Looking forward to listening to hear how Wade Miley does. Wade Miley versus Max Scherzer tomorrow. That's electric. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you listening out in, in the mountains in Colorado. Rockin' Rick says if they wait till May, they control him another year. Are we talking about Sal Freelich? I don't think it's about team control. They, they just can only bring up so many guys at once. There are only so many roster spots. So I don't know if it's a control thing. It might be. Garrett Mitchell came up last year, so it was his spot to lose. And they decided to go with Bryce Terrain. He's made them look very smart. Then Luis Urias goes down, so Brian Anderson comes into the infield. They chose Joey Weimer. Or, uh, yeah, Joey Weimer. Sal Freelich, Bryce Terrain, Joey Weimer. I get some of the names crisscrossed, so I apologize. We're all kind of getting used to some of these new names and faces. Dave from Viroqua has sent me an NBA. Oh, the picture of uh, uh, Angel Reese doing the ring celebration. No, that's not a story. That stuff happens in sports all the time. I don't know why people are freaking out about that. Duckin Holman says, let's talk about Old Country Buffet the rest of the show. Dude, I could. He said, we had an Old Country Buffet in Alaska once, gone now too. I think it is where the Olive Garden is. I forget that Olive Garden is there. Duck, that corner of Alaska is like the edge of the world to me. And if you have been to La Crosse or you live in La Crosse, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't live in La Crosse, you, you, I think can still relate to this. Eau Claire people, I'm sure, Madison people as well. That end of Alaska, where there's a Chick-fil-A, a Chipotle, an Olive Garden, it's right up by Woodman's, that is realistically 
a 15-minute drive from my house if there's no traffic, a little bit longer. And I say traffic loosely when there's a lot of cars on the road. We don't get bumper-to-bumper traffic in La Crosse, but there's only so many ways to get to Onalaska with the marsh in the middle, so sometimes it gets a little slower, right? That end of Onalaska is realistically 15 minutes away from my apartment. It might as well be 15 hours because it feels like the edge of the world. I love Chipotle. I never get it. You kidding me? I have to drive all the way to the end of Onalaska? No way. I know there's a, a North Country steak buffet in Onalaska, but we don't have an old country buffet. Uh, and that is talking buffets. Thank you for joining us for this portion of the show. Ed is in Madison. Ed, we got about two minutes. What's going on? I just want to make it quick. I'm glad the Bucks redeemed themselves last night. They look like a team that we can actually relax a little bit and take a deep breath. And secondly, I want to just say, Gasper was at the game today with, with Sam. I bet he was bumped to the nines. And um, Shout out David Gasper because he's reviewing the brew, and I think he runs their socials. Reviewing the brew, tweeting out the yep. picture of Bob Keselowski singing God Bless America. Well done. Because yeah. that's a big part of yeah. Brewer's culture, and I appreciated that tweet from reviewing the group. So true. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to be on, a, on the Yelich watch this year because um, I'm waiting for them to either do what they did with Lorenzo Cain if he really keeps tanking. Oh, well. Because um, I know I'm jumping ahead, but you got to really be realistic. we got young blood coming up, and if they keep this up, you got to say, hey, I know he's a high contract guy, too. So you got to kind of weigh it all out. But if he really sucks to the point where he can't bat his weight, you've got to really start. The, the, the bells and whistles got to be going off a little bit, you know, because I'm, I love Yelich. I got a Yelich bomb shirt. I want him to start wearing it, but I'm not going to wear it until he starts hitting them. Um, so, you know, it's a Yelich bomb. And I got it at a Woodman's, speaking of Woodman's, um, about three years ago before he hurt his kneecap. <laughs> I hope I didn't jinx the man. Yeah, so anyway, maybe, it was your, you know, maybe it was your purchase of Woodman's. What were you going to say? You can wrap oh, up. Sorry. Well, no, I'll wrap up and just say thanks, and uh, let's go Brew Crew, man. I love the energy for today. It was awesome. Hell yeah. It's going to be a fun season talking brewers, Ed. I appreciate you. Uh, and, yes, shout out to David Gasser because that tweet was awesome. Yelich and Kane aren't similar in their age or their contract or really in any way other than they're struggling. Let's not focus on Yelich today. I understand he had four strikeouts. Even great players strike out sometimes. They have a bad game. They won 10 to nothing. Freddie Peralta was unbelievable. And Bryce Wilson got a three inning save and just so many great things. We can do the Yelich thing another day. I don't need to do that today because I'm not even sure we need to do it. If, if Yelich comes back tomorrow and it hits a double and a single and has a walk and a run scored. Like, it could just be a bad game. And even if it's not a bad game, I don't want to do the Yelich discourse today. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> show we've got about a minute and a half here before we got a break we'll get an update from zach at five o'clock then we'll talk more brewers i want to talk bucks in the second half of the show as well maybe a little wrestlemania discussion as well mike and eau claire i see you calling i will get to you first right after five i promise one little packers nugget before we break i guess peter schrager's back on good morning football after a break and he had dinner with robert sala because 
he's like best friends with Sean McVay and Robert Sala and like babysits their kids and like feeds their pets when they're gone. And I don't know. A couple of quotes from Cheesehead TV. Uh, I think the Packers want the 13th. Quote, the Jets side of it, I think they took the Packers' gratitude for granted and thought they'd be nice, good soldiers in all of this. Quote, I don't think the Packers were looking to do anybody any favors. Why would the Packers be looking to do anybody any favor? Why would we assume that? Well, the Packers, you know, they're all-time great quarterback. They'll just give them up for free. Why wouldn't? Whatever. Maybe we'll break down that soundbite later or tomorrow. Brewers, Bucks, wrestling next hour or two after this break. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Outstanding update, Zach. Thank you for that recap of today's game. The Brewers won 10 to nothing, and it was a celebration of Brewers baseball, which the home opener is supposed to be. You're supposed to win the home opener. You're supposed to pull out all the stops. We're supposed to get Mark Atanasio sitting next to his wife, who always looks super pissed. I was just, I was entranced when he was talking to BA and Rock. She just did not look happy. Maybe she's like, I don't want to be on TV. I don't even want to be at the game. Maybe she just hates attending games. I don't know. We're supposed to get Matt Arnold in the booth. Did they get Rick Schlesinger? Tell me that Rick Schlesinger was somewhere on TV. Let's go out to the right field seats with Sophia, and he's with Rick. And Rick's talking about all the exciting promotions we got going on. Now let's hear from Bob Keslowski from Guest Relations. Let's hear him sing that the hell out of God Bless America. Yes. We're going to fly over even though the roof is closed because America, that's why. It's wasteful. No, it's not. It's badass. We need more of that in this country. We need more flyovers, and we need more old country buffets. It's a shame what's happening in this country. We're losing all of the best things. And this game was extra fun. Not only was it a win and a blowout win, but the runs came with a Bryce Train Grand Slam. Like, oh, a, a young guy. Somebody we're excited to watch. We're excited to see him contribute. And Joey Weimer making an outfield assist, gunning down Daniel Vogelback, old friend from right field. It was a fun game. It was the perfect game. It was the perfect home opener. 608-796-2558. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That's the number to call or text if you want to join us. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? So, Marcus. Marcus? What's going on, Marcus? No, just Mark. Oh, Mark. Come on, Alaska. Mark and on Alaska. Yeah. Perfect, Mark. I well, caught the I, I caught the game. Beautiful game. Loved yeah. it. Glad to hear Euchre has still got the golden cones. And it's going to be a sad day when... Uh, We'll never be able to hear him again. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. He is Wisconsin baseball. Anyways, that the high point today, Brewer win. Now, just a little sidebar with your uh, restaurants and such. Mm-hmm. Does anybody remember Shakey's? Shakey's. I do Shakey's not. Shakey's Pizza. Should I remember? Oh, Shakey's Pizza. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Ask around. Their mojos were just fantastic. Their what were fantastic? Mojo's. It was like a breaded potato slice. Oh. And uh, they they were just spiced. Mojo's. Like you get a, 
Mojos, yeah. Look, I'm looking at pictures. Of these look like the ticket. Where can I get one of these Mojos? Well, they were they were exclusively with Shakey's. Shakey's, Shakey's Pizza. Near me. Shakey's near me. Did we have one in Alaska? I'm not sure if we did or not. I, I came from the Oshkosh area. Oh, but that was a big thing to hit on a Friday and a Saturday night after a date or during a date. <laughs> after a date? I love the idea of having a date and then going to get a bunch of potato wedges just to eat by yourself. So I'm zooming out. Well, that and the pizza. No, no, no. You, you take the date with you, too. You didn't take her home. You had a Peter, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they're all in California. This is lame. Is there one in San Diego? I'm going to San Diego uh, in a couple of days. Uh, You'll have to look that up and see if they got one, yeah. Let me see. Maybe I could buzz down to Tijuana. There's one in Escondido, uh, which is, that might actually be perfect. Damn. Okay, well. Yeah, no these... problem. Eat taco meat over your pizza. Oh. Mark, this is what we needed. I don't know. I don't know how long you've listened to the show, Mark. This reminds me of last summer when we went down a long rabbit hole of talking about Chi-Chi's restaurants because Chi-Chi Gonzalez was making a start. And I remember mm-hmm. Chi-Chi's for when I was very little, but then they all disappeared. So we kind of went back through the history of why that happened. <laughs> well, it sounds like I'm just a hair older than you. But uh, uh, Shakey's was uh, some, pretty big over on the uh, east side of the state. We're talking the uh, 70s and early 80s. But then I uh, started moving around, and uh, I'm not exactly sure when uh, Shakey's disappeared up in the Oshkosh area. There, I'm looking, over I'm, here. I'm, I'm looking at their website. They're in Cal- There's 45 of them in California. There's two of them in Washington, and that's it. We've relegated this this Shakey's to the West Coast. What a bummer. That's a shame. Yeah, it really is. <sighs> it's pretty great. So, uh, Anyways, that's, uh, that's all I had to call and talk about. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. That's Mark in Alaska. This is exactly, you all remember this, right? When we got, we did like an hour on this last year. And I think Dave from Monona was just having a field day. He's like, oh yeah, the chimichanga was great. And like, we were just telling stories of going out to get Mexican food. You can still buy, I think like the Chi-Chi sauce and some of their other items. I still think are franchised and you can get them at the store. But the restaurants went away because like food poisoning stuff and I don't know. I stayed up really late, I think, the night after that show, reading, like, old news stories. And You ever stay up really late just reading Wikipedia? I did I did last week. I do, like, once a week. I'll, I'll stay up, like, a half hour later than I want because I'm reading about, like, some battle in World War II or, like, I don't know, some random band. Or just, just completely useless information. Completely useless information. And I will stay up late, like the history of Chi-Chi's. Mike in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Hey, bro. How are you doing today? I'm doing what outstanding. A, that was the day. perfect Brewers home opener. Right? I was I was like, please give I us know. a good game. Give us something to get excited about and something to talk about. And, and that game delivered totally. Other than Friday, it's been a great week to be a, a great sports fan in the greatest state of the greatest country in the history of the world. I love it. It's been so excited. And, and I'm not going to talk about the man in green for the for the Packers. I want to talk about the greatest sports person that we have, a loyal man. And the last caller said the same thing. Bob Euchre is a total gem. Yeah. To hear that, get up, get up, get out of here. God, it's amazing. I love it. I won't watch it on TV. I'll, I'll watch on TV and I'll listen to the game because you get Bob Euchre for a couple innings. He's just a true gem. It's going to yes. be a sad day. Every year, we wonder if he's coming back because of his age. 
but he comes. He's not like Aaron Rodgers. Anyway. <laughs> He's skipping Bob Uecker's <laughs> skipping OTAs in his old age. He doesn't want to work yeah. with the young broadcasters. He doesn't have time for it. You know, I think Bob would probably come. I think he would come to OTAs. I think he would give it that if he had to. He's just great. I, I just think he's such a gem. Hey, I was going to ask, did you, I'm sure you watched the, the, the Bucks game. Did you listen to what Bobby Porter said uh, just before halftime was over? Uh, no, what did he say? It was so cool. He's like, you know, last time we played, we got our butts kicked. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we're not going to do that twice in a row. We're coming. We, we need to take this serious. Everything he said was pretty cool. We got our butts kicked. Well, Mike, they did. I, I, I thought, and I texted a friend this during the second half last night, because the Celtics game was just all around bad, right? I texted yeah. a friend last night in the second half. I was like, Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder look like different players in this game. Than they than they look to be in that Celtics game because the Celtics game everyone is bad but I'm like man Joe Ingles looks lost on defense Jay Crowder can't hit anything Bobby Portis is slow and he can't and last night I'm watching Bobby Portis do everything especially in that second quarter and Jay Crowder in the second half was in every passing lane just being a pest like that team brought it last night after a couple of nights rest showed up early was crisp they played with purpose. And the game plan was better. They held Harden down as opposed to last time they played. Like, really impressive win from the Bucks last night. Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun to watch start from finish. I didn't care we were up 20. I'm going to watch every minute. I'm looking forward. We got what's the next number three or four to get the, the one seed. If they win out, they got it. And the good news is now that they've cleared the Sixers from their schedule, and I'm going to pull up their schedule, I think they have Toronto, they have Chicago. Who else do they have? They, they're at Washington. Johnny Davis is cooking, by the way, now, so look out. Then they have Bulls. They host the Grizzlies. And then they play in Toronto on Sunday for their final game of the year, regular season. So if they have to win out, I, I you know what? If we get the one seed and they're the two and three, they're going to have to play each other. I'm talking about the, the um, Celtics and Sixers. Yeah. Celtics and Sixers. Yeah, I want them to play each other before we take them out. But, oh, 100%. But, I just wanted to say one thing about your trip to San Diego. Okay. Um, this is my second home. I love San Diego. I've lived like oh. 17, 18 years. It's the only place I go besides Wisconsin. So okay. as a fellow Wisconsin boy that moved to California, when you get there, make sure you say Tijuana. If you say Tijuana, they're going to think you're looking for your Aunt Juana. So just to, just to get straight there so t- and enjoy the food. It's a great place. I hope you love San Diego. Okay, so he- here's the thing. And, Mike, I'm going to ask you for advice here. Uh, I am there for four days. We're going to a concert one night, so that day's kind of tied up. What should we do? Like, what are the things we need to do in San Diego, uh, keeping in mind that we're thrifty individuals and do not have thousands of dollars to blow? Well, there's so much that you can do free. Cabrillo Point is gorgeous. That's what where point? the first guy's Cabrillo. Cabrillo's Point. Cabrillo it, Point. Arbillo's Point. It's like the first place they landed in San Diego. Out to uh, you go out to uh, Point Loma. Out there, it's gorgeous. You like golf? Well, I love a well, good. I love a good point. What was the second one? Point what now? Point Loma. Loma. You go through Point Loma to get out to Point Carbillo, and okay. then you know you're going to be out to. You could probably take the Coronado Bay Bridge out that way and take the Strand down. It's so the ocean's so beautiful. Just just do that one time. Go out there. And it'll take you to southern San Diego, which is a little, could be a little sketchy, but it's it's beautiful wherever you go. Um, you want to make sure you get to the San Diego Zoo. If, if you like zoos, it's the best in the world. 
And of course, if you're like a, be a kid at heart, SeaWorld is always cool. Oh, I it's love nice. a good zoo. We went to a Discovery, me and my girlfriend went to Discovery World in Milwaukee. This was, I don't know, in January or February. It must have been February. And uh, we went because it was cheap. It's like a children's museum, but they have an aquarium. And I'm like, I don't care if it's all kids. Yeah. I just want to look at the fish. So it was us and then, like, a bunch of elementary schoolers. No shame. I would love to go to the San Diego Zoo. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Bubble Park is free, and it's right there, too. The whole place is wonderful. And I got a big, strong, handsome son that's an air traffic controller. Mm. I'll text you his number, and he'll show you a good time in Ocean Beach. Could he You'll wave? You said he's an air traffic controller. Could he wave my plane through so I can land a little bit more quickly? Could he expedite the, the travel? <laughs> yeah, wait. Hey, make sure you're looking out the window when you land in San Diego because you come just right over right over North Park, and it's, you're pretty close. You can actually see people. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You're going to love San Diego. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. I'll give you a review, and I, I come back next week. I'm excited to tell you about it. Oh, I'd like that. Thanks, well, Mike. Safe travels, my friend. Appreciate it. That's Mike and Eau Claire. Did not take Mike for a West Coast guy. I love a good point. What did he tell me? Cabrillo. I wrote it down. Cabrillo Point and Point Loma. My favorite point, personally, is uh, Sand Point on Upper Tainer Lake. I've always been very partial to that point. Uh, if we're talking points. Whitefish Point, also a good point. Anyone else have any points? Those are the only ones that come to mind right now. I'll rack my brain a little bit. Brewers win today 10 to nothing to kind of put a cap on that. I want to talk about the Bucks here in a few minutes. Again, just to hammer this home, the perfect home opener. Celebration of all the Brewers broadcasters and faces and voices and names that we love. The American Family Field experience. We get to see Bryce Terang hit not only his first Major League homer, but his first Grand Slam, which was awesome. Joey Weimer gunning someone down from right field. Yelich striking out four times. I mean, he really had everything that you could have asked for. So perfect, perfect Brewers home opener. And I, I tell you, the Brewers talk is starting on the Wisco Sports Show. I cannot wait to do this for however many more months. I love talking baseball. I want to talk about the Bucks in a few minutes. But first, let's talk to Eric on I-90, 608-796-2558. Eric, I can't imagine you vacation in San Diego uh, like Mike and Eau Claire, but I could see you bumming down to Tijuana for a couple of nights and, and partying with Little Edge down in, in Mexico across the border. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I would go down there. Well, probably not right now. It's not a good time to go down there in Mexico. No, not a good time. Why? I wouldn't go down. Well, people are getting, you know, kidnapped and killed. Well, Sure, there's there's that, I suppose. When you put it that way, the kidnappings and the killings. It's kind of a downside. (laughs) I don't really need to go down here. Okay. To pick up some cheap trinkets. trinkets. I can do that here. Yeah, the trinkets. That's why we we go to Mexico. I've never been to Mexico. I've never left the country. You never left the country, Grant. Well, I I don't think I left the country when I was your age either. I've been uh, all over the place now, though, but I mean... But one place that I have been is to the north side of lacrosse, and that is where North Country State Buffet is. Well done. All right, it's not in Alaska. Yeah, okay, sure. What, you're going to get me on a technicality again? Anything that's north of downtown might as well be on Alaska to me because it's too far to drive. If I have to get in my car and go farther than three blocks, it's too far. Do you think you're in the north side of lacrosse right now? Well, pert near, yeah, basically. Right? We've, we've had this debate before. We don't need to redo what's north and what's south. We don't south need to south. redo that? Okay. Yeah. Um, the guy talked about shakies. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a shakies in lacrosse. I wanted to say there was a shakies where Dia's guitar shop is, but I think that was Happy Joe's. 
before um, Dave's guitar was there. Interesting. Dave's guitar, I think Dave's guitar took over a Happy Joe's building. Okay. I, I used to work at a Happy Joe's in Lacrosse in Center Q. I don't know what a Happy We call it Gay Jose. I don't know what a Happy Joe. I'm going to skirt past that. I don't know what a Happy Joe. Happy, happy Joe's, Joe's pizza. pizza and ice cream? Right, right. And we call it a Gay Jose's. There's one in, and I heard you the first time. I, they, there's one in Dubuque. I could drive down. Right. And then the old, the Culver's up in Alaska, that used to be a Happy Joe's. Wow, that used to be Happy Joe's too. Yep. You know, you know where I don't go often. Well, anyway. You know where I don't go often. No, no, no. We've talked about it for this long. I want to name drop one more restaurant. You know where I should go more often, and I right. don't. Rocky Rococo's. You talk about outstanding yeah. breadsticks and just hearty, filling, tasty pizza. I, there's one just a couple blocks yeah. from my house, and I need to go more, and I don't, and I should. Right, Rocky Rococo's excellent pizza. Good sausage. Excellent. Big, ch- big chunks of sausage. In fact, I'm going to tell you a story here. One night we were walking back when back when Roger Cocos was on Fourth Street. Do you remember that? Uh, yes, yes, I do. There was right across from the bodega. Yep. Okay. We were walking home at bar time through that alley behind there. Some guy came out with a bunch of pizza slices and put them in a dumpster, and we were hungry. Good. Oh, so we they were right on the top. They were right on the top, still in the box. So we ate them. It was it was awesome. And I bet it was some of the best pizza you've ever had. It we needed it to get home. We wouldn't have made it home that night without that pizza. I can guarantee you that. We uh, weren't, you know, coordinated. I, I've, I, I've eaten Little Caesars pizza off the dumpster because they would they've just set it on top because they know that there's drunk kids. You know, like like bir- right. like seagulls flying overhead at a big parking lot. They know they set the pizza there. Someone's going to take it, which, by the way, is great for sustainability. We're not wasting, Eric. Let's not let this pizza go to waste. I, I know you in a because I think you ate chicken off your front lawn one night. That's a whole different story. I need to retell the the street chicken story because that's it's been a while. I do need to retell that story. That was so messed up. Well, I did. I did love the Bucks game uh, last night. They came out with a lot of pep in their step, and I do believe you. They were just tuckered out before. They came out and they really played a good game. So I today I feel better about the Bucks being tired against the Celtics, right? Not that the Bucks ever made that excuse or used that excuse. That's something fans said, right? But if you are going to play poorly right. off of a stretch where you've played in five cities in seven days. And you get a chance to be home and and off for an entire Friday, an entire Saturday, an entire Sunday. You better show up ready to go on Sunday night. And they did, right? So that that makes me feel a little bit better about maybe citing the schedule for why Thursday's game went so poorly. Right, right. It will really work out well, too, if the Celtics and 76ers can play each other in that first series. Because they will beat each other up pretty bad. Yes. They really will. Yeah. They will get after each other really bad. One more buffet in the Lacrosse area. Mm-hmm. Oh, Another yeah. good buffet. Pizza Corral and Holden. They got a pizza buffet on Fridays, I think. Really? Or at noon every day. Holden. Pizza Corral, I think they have a pizza. Holden, so yeah. They got a pizza buffet. I will drive. I nothing against Holman. I'll drive to Stoddard to buy food before I drive to Holman. I, I just that it's so well, far. Right. I mean, 
it's an easier drive for you, but you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Pizza uh, Corral. Really good pizza. Really good pizza. Um, that's about all I got to think. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about Bob Euchre. Oh, yeah. I yeah. am not a baseball fan, but I will listen to Bob Euchre call a Brewer game. He's the best. That's he's, how good he is. He's the best. He's I the love best. I love watching his old Miller Lite commercials from back in the 80s or whatever those were. Those are just incredible 30-second snippets of TV history. They're so good. Right, right. Right, right. All right, bud. I'll let so you go. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, well, all we got is the Bucks now. That's real. Well, you guys, you guys got the Brewers. My mom watches the Brewers, so I'll root for the Brewers. Appreciate that, Eric. Have a good I'll night. Yeah, talk to you later, bud. Eric on I-90. Oh, my God. He brought it back together. He landed the plane, brought up the Bucks. A good point about the schedule. That's the thing. I have no problem talking about anything. I'll talk about restaurants. Mike gave us a full rundown of San Diego. I just, at the end of every segment, at the end of every call, we need to land the plane back on the runway, and we're talking Bucks. I have a couple clips of Coach Mike Budenholzer after last night's game, and a couple specific things that I actually want to talk about and reference some specific things that the Bucks did really well last night. Things that they'll need to do in the playoffs if they want to get through the likes of Cleveland, Philly, Boston, and any other team that might get hot. There's always a random team. The Atlanta Hawks popped up one year. Who knows? Let's talk Bucks basketball. Big win over the Sixers last night. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, you know, I think whenever the ball's moving, then, you know, I think good things happen for us. I thought Chris set a, you know, a good tone for us offensively, made made some shots, made some passes. Uh, you know, he seemed like he was in a good rhythm right from, the, right from the beginning. That always helps. Coach Mike Budenholzer. Bucks beating the Sixers last night. Pretty handily. Got a little tight in the third quarter, but NBA teams are really good guys can score and hit shots make a couple of threes and all of a sudden a game that was out of hand is in hand right the bucks did a good job locking it back down at the end of the third and finishing strong in the fourth that game goes a long way towards securing the one seed and i don't want to jinx anything right i'm just stating facts when i say this of the bucks final five opponents beating philly was probably going to be the biggest challenge Right, you got to like their chances against Washington tomorrow night, although Johnny Davis is cooking. You like their chances on Wednesday. They host the Bulls. Friday against Memphis is going to be interesting. At least that game is at home, and they will have two days rest right, because they play Wednesday, and then they're at home. They play home against the Bulls. I don't know why I'm doing such a poor job explaining this. They host the Bulls on Wednesday, and then they can hang around in Milwaukee until Friday night where they will host the Grizzlies. And then they wrap their season on Sunday afternoon against the Raptors. So of all their final five opponents, Philly was probably going to be the toughest one to beat. Memphis won't be easy, but at least they have a couple of days rest. Who knows? Maybe Chicago gets hot. DeRozan and Levine. DeRozan and Levine are constantly doing just insane things that no one ever notices. Like I saw a stat the other day. It was like, DeMar DeRozan's been shooting 80% from three since the All-Star break. I'm like, that's the most DeMar DeRozan thing I've ever heard. Do something incredible on a mid-team so no one ever notices. Obviously, he wasn't shooting 80%, but it was some really impressive number. It's the most DeMar DeRozan thing ever. 
just be really good for long stretches of time and nobody talks about it because nobody really talks about the Bulls. So Bucks beat the Sixers last night, 117-104. If you'd like to join the show to talk about it, you can. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. The Bucks didn't come out desperate, desperate, desperate last night. Whatever one step below desperate is, like really motivated. I looked up some synonyms today, desperate, uh, anguished, forlorn. Those don't really seem like the right words. Right? They weren't desperate, but the entire world and the whole basketball world did see them lose at home by 41 points on Thursday night. So after two full days of rest, come out crisp, or actually three full days of rest because they had all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then all day Sunday because it's a Sunday night game, right? They came out crisp, came out motivated. The shots were falling early. Part of that is being focused and being dialed in, but part of that is luck as well. They shot 69% from the field in the first quarter, 83% from three. They're just hitting everything. And a big part of that was Chris Middleton hitting shots. Chris Middleton's shot making makes a world of difference for this team. Now, he impacts games positively a couple different ways. Right? He's a really good playmaker. His connection with Giannis and the pick and roll and in some of the two-man stuff that they do is really strong, and it's crisp, right? And they can run it really quickly and confidently, so that puts Giannis in advantageous positions, which puts pressure on the defense and, you know, tags a lot of opposing players with fouls. All good things. Chris Middleton's a good passer. He's got really good vision. He's 6'8". He's not an amazing defender, but he's capable, and he defends positions that are harder to defend. Like, he can defend a little bigger than Drew Holiday, and he can move a little faster than Brooke Lopez, right? So he plays an important role and does a lot of things. But when he's hitting shots, it does wonders for this team offensively. He was 4 of 7 in the first quarter, 2 of 2 from 3. And he cooled off. But I was thinking about this earlier today. Honestly, if the Bucks get one hot quarter from Chris Middleton, and then the other three quarters are just okay or pretty good, that's a pretty good place to be. Right, if he can heat it up and fill it up for one quarter, it does so much for the rest of the team because by the second quarter, Bobby Portis is feeling it, right? And Giannis is hitting shots, not just layups and running and dunking, which he was doing too, but like pull-up mid-range jumpers and, and nice little post moves where he's shooting kind of a, not a dirk, literally a one-legged fadeaway, but faking inside and then falling away and shooting a fadeaway. Like Middleton got the offense going, and I think that led to confidence for so many other guys. Drew Holiday, obviously, as well. Coach Bud on Chris Middleton one more time, setting the tone offensively in the first quarter. Chris and lacrosse, I see you. We'll get to you right after Coach Bud. Yeah. You know, I think whenever the ball's moving, then, you know, I think good things happen for us. I thought Chris set a, you know, a good tone for us offensively, made made some shots, made some passes. Uh, you know, he seemed like he was in a good rhythm right from, uh, right from the beginning. That always helps. Chris and lacrosse, our residents. What's going on, Chris? Welcome. How's it going, Grant? Good to hear. Oh, I lost you for a second. Now you're back. I am great because last night's win was just what the doctor ordered after your Celtics got into Pfizer on Thursday and played themselves a nice little game, Chris. Absolutely. Well, and hopefully both of our, I mean, we played Philadelphia on Tuesday, so hopefully we can join you guys in some recent beatdowns for Philly and See if we can't knock them down the standings a bit. I enjoy watching Philly lose. It's not anything against Joel Embiid. I don't like James Harden. I, I don't want him to win a title. I don't want Chris Paul to win a title. I just, I don't like players who have such a, a large, you know, part of manipulation in their game. Like if, if a large percentage of your game is drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line and, and just kind of all this 
BS stuff. I almost just swore because this is how much I care about this. Like, I don't want to see those players succeed. James Harden was pulling some of that crap last night. Embiid can, but Embiid's a lot better, so I respect him more. Yeah, at least Embiid can make a case for MVP with the other things that he does. There's certainly that asset. I mean, James Harden has definitely taken Joel Embiid to the school of flopping and shown him a thing or two, but but I, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of Harden's game, even when he was putting up historic numbers with Houston. You're absolutely right on this. He, you know, there would, there would be times where he'd only shoot like 10 shots. He'd finish with 60 points because he'd shoot 25, 30 free throws. Yeah. Which, like, part of it, I get it. It's part of the game. Some of it is just like, man, do you have no shame? Trey Young is the same way. And Jalen Brunson a little bit, too. I like Jalen Brunson, but sometimes I watch, it's like, man, you're going to flop for that? Or like, I, I don't know. There's a certain level of personal pride I also want the player to have. Like, yes, draw fouls, but also try to do it without always drawing fouls, which I think Giannis sometimes takes a lot of free throws, but I, I don't often feel that he's trying to play it up or, or flop for fouls too often, every once in a while. And then I watch Harden, it's like, man, I can't I can't stand watching you sometimes. You you brought up Giannis and, and Embiid in his MVP case. Who's your MVP today? I'm curious. If you had to vote and we had to decide oh, today. Oh, gosh. You know, it, it hurts me a lot to say it. Um because, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt me that bad. I, I do, I will say, I do really love the rivalry that I feel like the Bucks and Celtics have. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that I know that things get, I'll reply to some of your tweets on Twitter, and I'm like, Grant, like, if I could just, like, if I could punch you in the face right now. Uh, but, no, it's, I do really love the rivalry, even though your tweets trigger me to no end. Because um, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's fun for the game, right? I mean, it's something different. It's something we've never really seen in terms of historic rivalries. You know, it's not like the Bucks. Celtics have ever historically been at each other's throats and in contention at the exact same time. And um, my MVP is Giannis, though. To, to get to your question, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Uh, I, I I I never respect Embiid. Like that's just big. That's just, I mean, you and I both have a deep seated hatred for Philly. I'm just, I'm yeah. glad we share that. And as far as the Jokic MVP conversation goes, I remember for a long period of time there was conversation that oh we're not going to give Giannis a or I think it's maybe his third MVP yeah. because he hasn't made it in the playoffs, right? He, he won MVP back-to-back years, I think, something like that. And, and then Chris, they said, well, we're not going to give him another was, one. It was fine. I remember listening to NBA yeah. podcasts and, and reading that year, and, and people would always say, well, you know, Giannis isn't going to be in consideration after what happened in the playoffs last year. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That's fair. You lose in the second round of Miami, especially the way they did, 100% get it. Like, I, I never right. – I was never that that year in what would have – the year they won the finals, 2020, 2020, 2021, I was fine with it, right? I was never pushing back, being like, it's a regular season award. No, it's it's not, right? It's this comprehensive basketball, uh, you know, crowning or achievement. I, I just don't know where we lost that. Like, it, Jokic wouldn't be on my ballot. Like, he, I, he wouldn't be in consideration for me. He'd be off my board. I think he's – to me, I think he's – Quite honestly, I think he's number two. I'd give it to him over Embiid if I'm if I'm being that. I'm now I will admit I'm biased, right? That's important to know. Yeah. But I think that if you're going to, I think that there's just been moving goalposts for a while now in terms of who's deserving of the MVP award. And if you're going to not give it to Giannis for a year because he didn't do anything in the playoffs, which was really funny because then that same season they the Bucks win the championship. Yeah. And you know, but then if you're if you're going to say, oh well, you know, for Jokic, you know, we can give him a third one. But he, he's done even less in the playoffs. And so I, I don't think that that's necessarily the, a very fair standard to hold your MVPs to is, 
is necessarily just contingent on playoff success. If they're stat, you know, they're getting crazy stats in the regular season, and then you have to look at what they've done in the postseason. But the postseason hasn't happened yet. Like, explain that one to me. You know, I, I, to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. This MVP race is giving us some interesting, like, layers and interesting comments. I'm trying to find Jamal Murray's comments from the other night. Oh, here it is. Jamal Murray on what is today the third, so it would have been last night because Denver lost, or Denver beat Golden State without Jokic. They won last night, right? It it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? I'm I'm talking myself in circles. What happened was Jamal Murray was ta- you know talking after the game, and I think he's a little frustrated. He said, "quote We're not the worst team in the league when Jokic isn't on the court." I don't like that. Like I think the discourse around the MVP is like, well. Denver's mm. roster is worse than Milwaukee's and worse than Philly's, so he has less help. And I think Jamal Murray like hears that. He's like, that's not true. Like Denver's good. It's just been a, a very, I think, destructive MVP conversation. And it's probably torn down a lot of people and frustrated a lot of people this year more than normal. Absolutely. And I think that there's a really that to me that instantly I just thought of how the the wide receivers in with the Ravens have had the same kind of discourse with, you know, talking about Lamar Jackson. They're like, oh, well, he hasn't really had any help. He hasn't done this. He's had a bad roster, bad wide receivers. And Rashad Bateman has said, uh, hello, excuse me, like, I'm here. You know, you don't have to tra- You don't have yeah. to take away from the rest of the team in order to build up another player. You know, we would never do that at any other level of the game or even to someone's face, right? But we do it when we talk about professional sports, and I, I think that creates a pretty – a pretty toxic conversation when you start having the MVP and depoy talks and, and those sorts of things. No, I, I got you. And Chris, I got to take a break. Good luck to your Celtics against the Sixers this week. I actually don't mean that I want the Sixers to win, but I like you and I enjoy when you call. Um, Bodie tweeted in and I was, I was going to jump in and, and say this, but I didn't cause he was cooking. Well, it depends on how you define a rivalry. The Bucks and Celtics were rivals in the eighties, but the Celtics were so much better. Like the Bucks were, I don't know who's the modern comp, like the Harden Rockets. They went to it. They went to one conference finals. Did they go to another? Like the team that was always the great team that never made it. So, I, like the Celtics were the team that was winning the titles and going to the finals. I don't know if Celtics fans remember that as a rivalry. It was a very unbalanced rivalry, but they were both contending. The Bucks were really good in the '80s. They just were on that tier beneath the Lakers and the Celtics. Thank you, Bodie, for that tweet. I, I do need to add that and add that to our last conversation. A couple of texts here before we get a break. Aaron in Eau Claire says, Rocky Rococo's slogan in Eau Claire is, quote, we have the biggest sausage in Eau Claire. Also, we used to dumpster dive there as well in high school. <laughs> Jake, from, Jake from Colfax says, Euchre's such a treasure. I'd listen to him read the yellow pages. He's the greatest. Agreed. Snappy Tom says, now that Eduardo's is gone, Pizza Corral holds the torch for best lacrosse area pizza. No kidding. All right. Well, I'll get up there. Uh, this is just a text of San Diego uh, recommendations. Uh, Petco Park in the Gaslight District. Gaslighting. Funny how the name of that district has aged and gaslighting is now. It was Crab Shack in the Marina Convention Center with uh, a friend of the other. And we walked past a French restaurant. This is when I was in Minneapolis on Saturday night. We walked past a, a, I don't know, it was a French restaurant. And they're like, best oysters in town. I was like, I've never had oysters. I'd like to go maybe when I'm in California. And she's like, don't get oysters in California because they're Pacific oysters. And I was like, really? I I don't know that it matters for my palate. She's like, you want Atlantic oysters on the East Coast. Does that matter? Someone tell me if that's actually a thing. Because I've never had oysters. I feel like it'd be good. Uh, this text says, also, if you have a whole day, uh, go early to Joshua Tree National Park, about a three-hour drive. We're going to Palm Desert for a concert. 
So I don't know if we have time for another road trip. I don't know how far away they are. Uh, Dan in Broadhead says, you couldn't pay me to eat Rockies, school cafeteria, pizza bread, get to Chicago for some real za. Dan, what do you, you, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm putting the kibosh on this text. You, you can't, you can't say, oh, Rocky or Coco isn't any good. You got to go to Chicago. Oh, let me hop in my car, Dan. Yeah, I'll leave right after the show. My bad. for, And I'm not mad. I sound like I'm mad. But what, what is this? Go to Chicago for some reels? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let me let me get right on that, Dan. Let me fill up my gas tank. I'll be on my way. He also says, I like the term sense of urgency. I do, too. The Bucks played with it last night. Back up on John. Says, you can tell how excited the listeners are excited about the home opener by the number of text tweets calls about buffets. Yes. <laughs> That's always the it's always the barometer for how excited people are about baseball. We talk about restaurants. I think this is Q. Oh, it's not Q. It says, what band are you seeing in San Diego and what's the venue? It's not in San Diego. Uh, we're going to see John Mayer in Palm Desert, and I believe it's the Acrisure Center. I've never been. A lot of firsts for me. Uh, I'm not normally on the West Coast. I'm not a coasts guy. When I take trips, normally I go to Montana or the UP, which I guess is a coast. But a, a more Midwestern coast, not a coastal elite coast. Important distinction. Five minutes. We need to take a break. We're back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show you got two more segments about 10 more minutes i do want to wrap up the show with uh wrestlemania talk for those who are interested it was good last night now i don't really have a baseline and i I didn't really have that much build up with roman reigns and cody rhodes i know people were surprised and disappointed maybe in the long term that's a good thing we'll see what happens on raw tonight and how the storyline continues uh the intercontinental match was awesome uh, just a complete, just dudes being dudes, just slapping the hell out of each other for what felt like 30 minutes nonstop. The bar that I was in was pulling for Sheamus. It was a bummer that it didn't work out. But what are you going to do? That's wrestling sometimes. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes to wrap up the show. We're talking Bucks right now, 608-796-2558. I thought Coach Bud had an awesome night last night. Right? A couple of adjustments they made. Since they last played Philly, they last played Philly. Let's see here. I got the schedule in front of me. March 4th. Right. So about a month ago. Right. Remember that game, how Embiid and Harden, they were just cooking. The two-man game was phenomenal. You see how they defended the two-man game between Harden and Embiid at the top of the key? Giannis was like dragging his hand along the ground. Right. To stop that pocket pass. Right, because Harden will come off an Embiid screen, and then he'll go left or right, and then he'll bounce pass it backwards to Embiid, who's now moving towards the free throw line with all this momentum. Giannis would like drag his hand, like you would drag your hand along the water as a water skier, to make sure that pass, even if that pass gets through, it's not going to be easy. Right, nothing easy, nothing free. That's a great approach to playing James Harden, right? Because James Harden likes to sit back, survey. He'll make behind the back passes and really precise bounce passes. The way they defended him last night was tremendous. The approach and the adjustments they've made since they last played a month ago, when they should have won that game too. Sixers got hot at the end, and George's Niang was like prime Kyle Korver. Whatever, that'll happen, right? Coach Bud had a great night. I thought the defensive adjustments were great. 
Jay Crowder was unbelievable in the fourth quarter. He's just jumping every passing lane. Again, nothing free and easy. Or I can extend a hand into the passing lane like you're doing the old shell drill. Remember that? Middle school and in high school when you played basketball, getting a hand in the in the lane. Jay Crowder is great at that. They forced a couple of turnovers, got a couple of easy buckets. And it's easier to play aggressive defensively when you get out to a fast start, and the Bucks did. At one point in the first quarter, they led by 18. So that really allows you to come after James Harden and pressure those screens at the top of the key and, and really take risks, jump a passing lane. There's... Maybe they get a good run at the the paint, but best case scenario, you're getting a free bucket the other way. And when Giannis is on your team, you like those odds, right? Because if you get two or three guys moving the other way with speed, with pace, in space, Giannis is one of those guys. The odds are pretty good that it's going to end in a layup or at the very least free throws for your team, right? So the game was allowed to kind of snowball in the second, third, fourth quarter. A little bit in the third quarter, a worry that I do have for this Bucks team is when they come out of halftime, they settle for jumpers a lot, especially when they're leading. And middle of the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, the Bucks made a concerted effort to actually take it to the rack, and that made a big difference. Coach Bud had an awesome moment at the end of the third quarter. I don't know if you saw this, right? Talked about the defensive tweaks. We talked about how Jay Crowder was used. But Bud made a sneaky substitution at the end of the third quarter that didn't directly win the Bucks the game, but it all but ensured it. Here's what happened, Okay. So Embiid subs out with 2.18 left in the third quarter. You assume he's going to be out for the rest of the quarter, right? You kind of sandwich rest, end of third, third quarter break, start of fourth quarter, and then you bring him back in and you can maximize rest. Three seconds later, right? Actually, 30 seconds later. Sorry, dyslexic. 30 seconds later, full threes, whatever. Bud sneaks Giannis back into the game. Embiid's not out there. They don't have a big, strong defender. They have Paul Reed, but come on. Bud sneaks Giannis back into the game with a minute and 47 seconds left in the third quarter. The score when Giannis came back was 88-80. And at the end of the third quarter, a minute 47 seconds later, a minute and 47 seconds later, Jesus. The score was 96-82. 88-80, an eight-point lead to all of a sudden a 14-point lead. Giannis scored seven points in the final minute 47. And Coach Bud trusted him because Giannis had four fouls. Here's his answer to Eric Name when Eric Name asked him about that substitution and the trust in his superstar. Yeah, no, I mean, because, you know, they had closed it the third quarter, you know, for stretches of it. Um, you know, they, they were getting the better of us. And, you know, he attacked the basket multiple times, I think, to take it from eight to, to 14 and, you know, rebounding and stops. And so, um, you know, a lot of trust in him. Uh, you know, I think... You know, he's learned to play with fouls. You know, I think we've trusted him more. Um, so it's been a good learning experience and, you know, putting him back in. It was kind of his normal rest and and good to go. Such an advantage in today's NBA to have an established coach like Bud. I don't think that Coach Bud is considered as one of the best coaches in the league. I think he's, he's good. He's fine. He's won a title and he's proven that he can manage a team through a long playoff run without overreacting and without freaking out. Right, I think Eric Spolstra, maybe Steve Kerr. Like you could pick coaches that have a better reputation than Bud. But advantage of having a coach like Bud, who's been with Giannis now for years, right? Having a coach that really understands their superstar and can really manage that superstar, right? Because LeBron, like you change coaches every other year. Some teams, you know, shuffle through coaches. Like what's going on with the Hawks right now? Now Quinn Snyder's got to come in and learn how Trey Young works. Bud has watched Giannis grow into as a player 
Just like Craig Council watched Woodruff and Burns from the beginning. That's such an advantage. Coach Bud knowing exactly how Giannis works and when he can be a little bit more risky and when he can trust his superstar and when he's got to pull him out and, and protect him from himself. Those are the little things. And that's such an advantage the, the Bucks have. Joe Missoula for the Celtics might be a great coach, right? But this is his first year there. Knowing exactly how Tatum and Brown work, he probably has a great idea, but he doesn't have years of background. I know he's been an assistant. He's, he's been around, of course. Right? But that's a little edge that the Bucks have with Coach Bud that I don't know if we talk about enough. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll wrap up with the WrestleMania talk coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. We got about two minutes to wrap up. I know people were bummed about that finish. Very much a a left turn from, I think, the direction that a lot of wrestling fans thought that the main event would take. I thought everybody thought it was Cody Rhodes' time. And then it wasn't. I do really like Roman Reigns, and it was badass. It's just I don't know if it was the story everyone expected. I'm interested to see what they do with it on Raw tonight. Texter just a couple minutes ago said the Raw after WrestleMania is always the best Raw of the year. Yeah, so I'm probably going to watch. I, is it messed up if I watch Raw over the national championship game tonight? I, I'll be 100% honest with you. I'm always honest. If I don't watch a game, I will always tell you. I will have the national championship game on tonight. I can guarantee this game very little of my undivided attention. Like if it's close at the end, obviously I'll lean in and watch. Nothing against either one of these teams. I just I just don't really care that much. I don't. Probably going to watch Raw. I'll see what NBA games are on. Maybe I'll watch some baseball, honestly. I just don't care about that this much. I don't. I'll watch Raw. The Intercontinental match, by the way, we can, we can bitch about how the main event finished last night. The Intercontinental match was awesome. That match kicked ass with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and Gunther. The whole bar, I watched it at the American Legion. I got invited to a wrestling party. The whole bar wanted Sheamus. We thought he was going to get it. I don't know how many slaps happened in that match. It had to be triple digits. Slap, slap, slap. Awesome match. So that was the highlight for me last night. The main event was still good, but it just wasn't what I was led to believe. Everyone I asked, everyone I talked to, all the wrestling fans in my life, were like, oh yeah, it's Cody Rhodes' time. It was not. Acknowledge Roman Reigns. Fun show tonight. Podcast will be up in just a few minutes. Talk tomorrow at four. Can't wait.